Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa curry Lowitz, and I am here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. Hello, podcast fam. How are you today? It is Wednesday, April the 8th. I can't believe it's April the 8th. It's actually kind of cool doing weekly episodes. How is everybody liking these weekly podcasts? I haven't gone weekly for almost a year now, so it's definitely a different pace for me, but I'm really loving it, especially because I have a lot more time on my hands. It's way less stressful, and I'm loving connecting and sharing some really valuable tips and stories and information, especially during this time. So I'm really into it. I'd love to hear your feedback. Shoot me a DM on Instagram, send me an email, comment on the show, whatever, however you want to tell me, let me know. Also, would love your support if you want to take a screenshot right now and share it on your social media. Give me a tag. I will share it. I'm even asking you to do this before I get into the the meat of the show. And the meat today is, oh, we've got, I have a great episode for you. It is with one of my favorite human beings on the planet. She has been on the show multiple times. Her name is Stephanie Kay. She's a ginger, a joker, and a health nut. I love that. That's on her Instagram bio. She talks about all things real food for real people. She's a registered holistic nutritionist, and she is here today to talk. We talk about everything from stress eating to cravings to boredom to willpower to how to eat while at home in this new normal, I'm using air quotation, life that we're all facing with. So let's get right into the show today. Without further ado, here is my girl, Stephanie Kay. Okay, you ready? Never better. You're never better. Welcome to the never show, better. Steph K. Never better. Never, never better. Never better. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> awesome. Wait, here, virtually here, virtually. Yeah, this is our, uh, I think this is our fourth podcast together, and we've never done one over Skype. This is our first time, but it's good to see you. Feels, feels like fancy or something, like profesh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> does, eh? <laughs> okay. I know, great. Um, so I don't want to say desperate times call for desperate measures. That's like not really the tone I want to set here, but this is like such an interesting time and food is um, a very common um, point of discussion amongst yes, lots of social media channels in the in the news i mean outside of coronavirus food is like the number two most talked about thing on the planet right now what we're eating how we're staying healthy absolutely i'm definitely seeing a lot of that in my circle for sure for sure mm-hmm. so that's why i wanted to bring you on the show because you are my number one food guru 
uh, and I love following you. Guru's a stretch. Guru's a stretch. (laughs) I just like food, and I like eating it, and I like talking about it and taking pictures of it. I want it to be good good for me and taste good. That's really what I am. Well, that that is exactly uh, sort of my relationship with food as well, is I want it to taste good and um, be good for me. And let's get right into the show today, because health is on the brain, what we're putting into our body, how do we stay healthy? So you have been promoting over the last few weeks. um, I know you're doing a um, webinar today, which is Tuesday. The show comes out tomorrow morning, so Wednesday, so people are going to miss it. But what's the topic of your webinar again exactly? It's I essentially called it how to work healthy from home. Yes. I mean, for obvious reasons, because everyone has has had a huge, not everyone, but a lot of people have had huge changes in their lifestyle mm-hmm. um, very quickly and abruptly and very extremely. Um, and to your point that you were making earlier is that with, uh, you know, a lot of change quickly, food obviously um, often becomes a really... Uh, big point of conversation, if you will, or even a coping mechanism for a lot of people. So just trying to provide some, you know, real life, practical tips, nuggets and support to help, uh, help make the change a little bit easier, if you will. Okay. So some people that are listening today may very well likely be on your webinar, um, this today, later on today, (laughs) you've got a lot of food talking about food today. (laughs) Um, but for those that are not, let's kind of go over that because that is, um, Um, it's very true. Working from home, changing up the routine, changing up. Everyone's lives are a little bit different. Budgets are different. Things are different. So what does that look like? Where do we start there? Oh gosh, you know, so, so many layers, so many layers to this conversation to begin with. And I don't think we'll be able to go into all of them because everything yeah. is so interconnected when it comes to lifestyle and food and our emotions and stress and all the things that are going on right now. Um, but really kind of the message that I've been talking about with my one-on-one clients and just on my Instagram and on my social media and my website for the past, you know, couple weeks, or I don't even know how long it's been now, <laughs> three weeks or whatever it has been is just really trying obviously what's happening is really intense and really crazy and really you know scary and you know everyone's going to react differently Uh, but for me what I'm trying to do and just encourage other people to do is really to focus on the things that you can personally control there's obviously a lot that is very much out of our control right now and there are a lot of things that impact our food choices mm-hmm. uh, and what we choose to eat and how we respond to things and how we use f- for that. There's there's a lot of things that are going to be out of our control, but there's also a lot of things that are going to be in our control. So just trying to focus as much as we possibly can on those things in my kind of brain is the most positive way of approaching what is a negative situation. So... I really like that because oftentimes I forget that I'm in control. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Like, I kind of go into these, like, automated, systematic routine choice that I always kind of do, my default setting, if you will. And I've had to stop myself a few times and be like, okay, is this really serving me in this moment? I have a choice for it. So let's talk about some of the things that we can control here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I like, you just said something, I'm like default setting, but it's such a good way yeah. of 
like that's just such a good phrase and way of looking at it because there's so many things I mean outside of just food too right it's like we just get into like routines and habits and this is what we do and then all of a sudden we're like we need to like pause sometimes and be like Mm -hmm. wait why am I doing this yeah why why did I choose this and sometimes even just having the awareness of that one second pause that one second that one question even if you don't even know the answer that can sometimes shift the mindset and like really make positive change yeah even to like take a take a step back from you know coronavirus and the current situation is that is such an interesting way of that's such an interesting concept or like way of saying it too because often you know when it comes to our food habits we get in we just get into a routine there's obviously Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that of like you know you eat a certain way or you follow a certain diet or you only buy certain things and don't buy certain things and it's important to remember that like the human body and like us personally are ever evolving and changing and what worked for me six months ago or five years from now you know might not work the same or might not serve me the same way and that's actually okay right like yes. uh, you know a common example or an example that I had recently and this is a bit of a tangent but an example I had recently was I was working with a, a woman who had just had a baby and she was just trying to go back to the way that she used to eat and go back to the way that she used to work mm-hmm. out. And it was like, she keep like, she kept like banging her head against the wall cause it wasn't working. And I, and it was, we had to take a pause and be like, why are you trying to go back to that? Like your life is completely different. And obviously it's a very specific situation, but just generally speaking, like what's working for what works for you six months from now is probably not going to work for you the same way during the coronavirus. And it's probably not going to work for you the same way during the coronavirus as it will a year from now. And just like yeah. accept that that things can look different and that's not necessarily worse or bad I love that example it's it is so true we I oftentimes compare myself to a previous version of me and it's and it's just like um um almost uh like I don't know it's a, it drives you mad. It will drive you mad. It's like yeah. a psychotic. Like, we're supposed to change, right? Like how boring would yes. it be if like Steph from today is the same from Steph from 1997? Like that'd be so boring. Like, God, yeah. I hope I've changed since 1997. Like, yeah. And our food habits and lifestyle habits and exercise routines and all of that, like quote unquote healthy stuff can evolve with us. Okay. So let's go back to what we have in our control because like uh, an, another thing, like in that comparative mind said and in that going back like it's um what works for some people doesn't work for other people so what yeah. can we control yeah I think that's that's again really great nuggets you're pumping out here that's a really good like segue like entrance to this is yeah. because like a lot of the things that we're going to talk about are going to be high level but like the examples we're going to give I'm going to give my like personal examples but they're not going to work the same way for everyone so yeah you know just generally speaking I think if you just think about and we could spitball forever here there's so many things that affect our food choices right like tons um our mood our stress level our budget our religion our education you know our our family how we grew up eating our culture our friends you know different events that are going on in our lives right there's so many different things that actually affect them but if we're just narrowing it down to kind of like what is currently happening of that random list that I just spat out, like some of those things won't really have changed that much. Like you're arguably the same religion. You have the same family, like you have the same level of education that hasn't changed in the past couple of weeks. But some of the, the bigger things, 
things that have changed is, you know, maybe your budget's changed a lot. Maybe your schedule's changed a lot. Maybe you're you're not mm-hmm. sleeping well, so that's changed a lot. Mm. Your stress has changed a lot. So there, there's these different factors that are going to be playing like a heightened role, if you will based on the food that you choose. I think it's important to identify for you personally, like what those things are and then work back from those things that have changed a lot for you and try and be solution focused for them as opposed to just saying, this has changed, I can't do anything about it because there are a lot of things that have changed, but you might be able to find some a solution or like a partial solution to help make them a little bit easier. Um, yeah. So that's, you bring up a good thing. So stress. Um, I asked uh, on Instagram yesterday, I put out a little poll and I asked uh, people to donate their questions. Now I got some really awesome questions, a lot of the same sort of stuff. So I've grouped them a little bit together. And one of the biggest ones was around how to reduce stress with food and um, how to stop stress eating or what stress eating looks like. I mean, I have to say personally, when this first started, when I first got laid off and I realized my income, my budget has changed a lot. Um, I had this um, victim mentality for a few days. I was off social media. I I laid on the couch. I watched Netflix. I was not motivated. I, I have a very, very incredibly positive relationship to food right now. It's very positive. However, um, I was quote unquote, probably overeating. Um, and I just didn't give a shit. (laughs) I was like in this victim, poor me, woe is me. Um, and then to get out of that stress sort of victim mentality is exactly what you had said is like, wait a second. I took a pause and I was like, I don't need to live this way. I do not need to. I'm. Cho- I chose to get outside. I chose to, you know, change yeah. up my patterns a little bit, and it changed the vibration within me. And I was able to sort of like, people call it snap out of it. But yeah, I chose a different path for myself. Yeah. <laughs> like Res- response. Yeah. So maybe I re- response is a, another a response. That's yes, exactly. Yeah. I think uh, what what you just said is is um, like actually amazing because argument could be made is like most people are gonna have a similar journey on this right like mm-hmm. that 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 initial stress response for a lot of people might be more the quote unquote like victim mentality of like screw it right like I yeah. call it you know to swear like I call it getting a case of the fuckets right yeah. just being like you know what this is hard f it. I'm just going to let everything go and not try whatsoever because, like, woo is me and I'll figure it out later on, right? Yeah. And, you know, fine. You know, honestly, fine for, like, a meal, a day, a week, but, you know, a couple weeks, whatever it is, excuse me, but then at some point you're going to be doing that to like to a detriment of your health, right? Like yes. eating a tub of ice cream one night or like only eating pizza for a week straight. Like you're going to, you can recover from that. Like it's not <laughs> the end of the world, right? But continuing to do that for like six months, is okay. Probably not an ideal situation. So it's, it's a, a phrase that I use a lot is it's okay to go through that, but you just want to like shorten the gap and avoid getting a case of the efforts. Like the analogy that I use is, you know, if you're walking down the stairs and you trip, I think I may have used this on the podcast before, 
before, actually. If you're walking down the stairs and you trip, you don't just say like, ah, fuck it, and throw yourself down the entire flight, right? Like, you stumble, you trip on a few stairs, then you try and catch yourself, and you're like, nope, I got this, I can keep going, right? So, again, it doesn't have to be like all or nothing, like global pandemic, no problem, I got this, I'll eat perfectly the entire time. It's like, cool, you can have a stress response, that's absolutely fine, but like, in the best interest of your health, you just want to try and shorten it, Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like for you personally, as much as possible. So I've had um, a few discussions with some people um, that are that were kind of in stressful situations in their relationships with their kids, uh, with their businesses closing with this whole pandemic thing. Like it's kind of like this layered stress, like it's kind of evolving and it looks different yeah. and it's like hitting us in ways that we've never really felt before. And there's like the fear of the day. It changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every <laughs> day. Day. yeah. Every day. Yeah. Every hour at the beginning too. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually insane. Um, how like complex this can be. Um, one of the things I love about watching you, and it kind of grounds me in a lot of ways, is how you just keep food simple all the time. Food does not have to be stressful. It can be um, extremely comforting. It can be extremely rewarding, energizing, mood lifting. Um, yes. And we and we oftentimes uh, get into this downward spiral and turn to food. Yeah as something so for me like what I've been doing is turning to the joy of cooking to be honest it's kind of this neat thing yeah I've been like cooking seeing you cook so much more your Instagram stories I know I know and that's kind of personally been helping me so what kind of things can we do uh or what are your stress like reducing so I'm kind of going to tie two things together here, right? Okay. If you just think about like what healthy eating is in general, you know, try and visualize in your head a pyramid. Um, there's a lot of different layers to that pyramid and the sexy stuff that people love to talk about and sell you and put in magazines and all that shit, you know, when times are good and everyone's just like, yeah. oh, let's get all down and dirty and nutrition is like, yeah. it's supplement, it's supplements, it's meal timing. It's like, how many times a day should I eat? It's, you know, how many grams of this do I need? How many grams of that yeah. do I need? That's yeah. all of the stuff at the top of the pyramid, right? Like yeah. the actual foundation of the pyramid is two things. It's really simple. It's your life lifestyle. Yeah. So how much do you sleep? What is your stress level? Like how active are you? Do you spend time outside? Like all of those things that are encompassed in your lifestyle. And then the big chunk on top of that is the actual quality of the food you eat. So Mm. do you eat mostly real food or do you eat processed food? Right? So at a time like this, to me, it's like, like most of the time I'm always like, ignore the top of the period, like period, pyramid, like deal with it if you're at that level. But I think that too, but it's so sexy, the top of the pyramid, the supplements and the meal timing and the macros and the grams is like, we're getting caught up in the minutia where that those, that's not the big rock, right? The big rocks are your lifestyle. And like, are you eating real food? And are you doing it on a consistent basis? Because to go back to the question of like, what to eat for stress or stress eating is uh, what you eat when you're stressed and how to support stress are not two separate things. It's a cyclical thing, right? And I think sometimes people ignore it's a cycle Mm -hmm. and look at it like two different things. Like when you're going through a stressful time, 
biologically, your hormones, your insulin, your cortisol, you know, your fight or flight, um, uh, your sympathetic nervous system, like all of these things are going to cause you to, on some level, you know, depending how stressful the situation is, to fight or flight. And it's going to make you, you know, it'll cause you to look for more glucose, which is going to come out in the term in the form of sugar cravings or more caffeine or whatever it is to help you cope cope with that stressful situation but in small doses that stuff is fine but in excess that stuff actually causes more biological like physiological stress on the human body so you're taking like the external stress and you're responding to it through food but if you're choosing like junk food all of the time let's say like high sugar processed food caffeinated preservatives whatever you're actually creating a larger stress response you're like compounding the stress on mm-hmm. a physiological level so then what happens is you have even more cravings for sugar and da 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 and caffeine and da da and then that actually makes how you deal with the internal external stress mm-hmm. the life stress even worse so it becomes this vicious cycle so like how to eat for stress is or how to respond to stress it's totally interconnected right like what you're going to eat is going to support you in both ways and you can make it really complicated if you want to and be like oh you need a you need a chaga and turmeric and da 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 and all these things like yeah. cool you can totally do that if you want yeah. to but like on a foundational level you need to move the really big rocks in order to make any progress right because if you're taking a bit of turmeric root but you're crushing two bags of chips and a pint of ice cream every night like <laughs> that turmeric root ain't doing much do you know what i mean i so it's all absolutely about- know what you mean everything's about context and I really love moving those big rocks and I almost feel like right now is a global shift like this is the time to start to push that pendulum back into an upswing and like start observing your life at that foundational level and I mean some people have these ideas like I love how A lot of people are working out a little bit more or differently. They have to change. Things have to change. The world is forcing us to change. That is the one constant in life is change. And this is a a massive shift for everybody. But it's also a really good opportunity. Like People could take opportunity here to change their life a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) And I think a little bit, you said it right. Like it's a little bit, right? Like yeah. You're, you, I completely agree with you. And I, but I think sometimes I've been seeing some people again, good old social media saying like, Oh, this is a global pandemic. Like it's not an opportunity to change your life. And it's like, well, we don't have to pull a 180 here. No, but no, maybe no, no. It's just a small pause where, you know, maybe for the past two years, you've been saying, I'm too busy to work out. I don't have time. Well, maybe yeah. you now have an extra 30 minutes in the day and you can go for a walk outside. Like you don't need to become a body builder right like yes. it doesn't need to be like this massive thing it's just like there is on some maybe level depending on the person like a small opportunity for positive change and growth and it's like that's actually kind of cool in a weird way it is cool for me personally I'm like one of the the changes that I've made okay so yes I have a lot of extra time and I'm focusing sort of on building my business which is great but in terms of like the food thing I've been on a massive health kick uh very strong well you've probably seen my detox that I did yeah uh my 90 day liver detox, which ended on April 1st, actually March 31st. And I've continued to move with the diet part of it because it just feels so fucking amazing. Uh, is 
is now I have time to learn how to cook a little bit differently and trying new things. And that is so out of my element as you, you of all people can appreciate how out of my element I am when I'm in the kitchen. <laughs> what are you talking about? Our cooking videos together have been fantastic. I know. Well, you've taught me a lot. And I mean, uh, but I'm just doing it. I'm just yes. doing it. And because I have the extra time, so I'm cooking, I'm some dinners have been taking me like an hour and a half. This is like this, what you're saying totally resonates with me. A, because I like, I think some people sometimes look at like, I share recipes all the time. Like yeah. I'm not Jamie Oliver, right? Like yeah. I literally learn how to cook the same way that everyone else does by yeah. making things, burning them, scraping yep. off the crusty bits, throwing things out, being like, oh, that's not how you do that. Right. So yeah. I always make the argument that like, in addition to lifestyle and the things that I've been talking about, I've been talking like with my nutrition brain, yeah. but when I'm talking at a practical, like just like a practical human person level is the ability to eat well and make it easy and be able to do it consistently and regularly is not like having some crazy intense nutrition knowledge. It's having like foundational skills in the kitchen, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. It's just being able to look at, you know, when you get to a place where you're like, oh, I have a can of tomato sauce, chickpeas and some spinach and you can put that together and like that doesn't stress you out. So like you saying like I'm using this time to like practice cooking basically I'm like that is a huge tool in your like health toolkit that is going to serve you for the long term because and I say this from personal experience like yeah if you don't if you hardly know how to like boil water or boil eggs like the idea of eating well is going to stress you out yeah right because you're like I don't know how to do everything and you're gonna think that you have to follow recipes to the t or you're doing it wrong or because it doesn't look perfect it wasn't ideal right so then you'll revert to not you just argument's sake whoever yeah you'll revert to like buying prepared things or eating out but just being able to like do like I'm talking like basic things in the kitchen is like a gigantic piece of like the healthy eating puzzle gigantic Okay, so let's continue on this because my brother and his wife, they have two kids and they are both working from home full time right now and homeschooling their children at the same time. There is a, it is a madhouse and there are a lot of people in this exact same boat. How in the heck, okay, so one of the questions, several people asked this grouping of questions um, is how to prepare snacks, quick and easy lunches for families right now. What? Cool. Yeah. Okay. I'm don't kinda... have a family. Yeah. <laughs> Am I catching you off guard? <laughs> off the cuff here. Um, but yeah. uh, one thing that I've been, I've been talking with my clients about whether they, whether they like have kids or not or whatever their living situation is, you know, an argument could be made you know, you're at home now, your day looks really different. For most people, again, I'm speaking generally here, like breakfast is probably one of the easier meals of the day. Like people can make oatmeal or make eggs. Like you're not making some gourmet dinner, right? Or gourmet meal rather. You can find something yogurt and gruel, like quick and easy that is like quote unquote healthy dinner. You might have a bit more time or you may just be accustomed to making dinner. So like that part of your routine hasn't changed a lot. For a lot of people, lunch has. And it might sound silly, but um, I work from home and I've been working from home for the past five years and I don't go anywhere. But in the middle of my day when I'm like trying to go on calls or talk to clients or write this or do that, like 
I also am not going to go and make lunch that takes me an hour to prepare, right? So yeah. even though I work from home I and I encourage my clients to do this, I still encourage people to meal prep. Ah. You don't need to like have everything perfectly portioned and little containers and like all packed up like you're taking it to the office. But I always have, I shared a picture on my Instagram the other day of like I literally just took a photo of my fridge um, because in my fridge, like there's a big container of like shredded chicken that I had made. So I yeah. can just like grab it and add it on a salad or eat it on its own. And then there was a batch of, I don't can't remember, I think it was like a, a, a soupy rice and chicken dish kind of thing. Or no, that's not what it was. It was something, <laughs> it was like a big one pot meal kind of thing. And it was just sitting in the fridge so that when it's lunchtime, I can just go and get it. It's going to take me five minutes to heat it up on the stovetop or a couple minutes in the microwave or whatever it is. And it's not, again, it's not like perfectly meal prep, like I need to carry it out of the house, but it's just there and it's quick and easy when I need it. And it's arguably quicker and easier than, you know, making craft dinner or just eating cereal for my lunch or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I'm getting protein and vegetables, but that little act of meal prepping, even though you're not going anywhere, makes lunchtime so much easier. Okay, I've been doing this little hack because I too work from home and I have worked from home uh, 75% of the time, I would say, uh, for four years. And one of the things I started to do, this was like last year and now it's in full-blown like hyperdrive, is making a lot of food at dinner and yeah. and packing it for my lunch the next day. So I'm always, whatever I had for dinner last night, I'm 99.9% going to have again for lunch yeah. today. So like I said, I used, I used meal prep as the example, yeah. but like di- dinner leftovers as well, right? Like yeah. whether you're cooking for, you know, one person, two person, four people, whatever it is, like just making extra is huge. And the other thing that I would add to this idea is, um, one of the more time consuming things when it comes to making a lunch is like, how am I going to, and this is might get more nutritiony is like, people are like, how do I make this a bit quote unquote healthier by adding like protein for it? They're like, okay, do I have to like cook a chicken breast or like bake salmon? Yeah. You can, but like obviously meal prepping or using leftovers will help to cut some time down there. But there's also what I call like a lot of no cook protein ideas yeah. that you can keep in your pantry or in your cupboard yeah, to give make me life them. easier. You what know, are those? For example, uh, cans of tuna, cans of salmon, cans of chickpeas, cans yeah. of beans, edamame, yeah. um, eggs that like whether they're hard boiled or like they take two minutes to cook. Like there's lots of things that are really quick and convenient when it comes to protein because I know that that is one of the more lengthy foods to prepare in a lot yeah. of, in a lot of cases. Yeah, I love that. <clears throat> That's actually okay. It's into the snacking because a lot of yes. we kind of oh, started yeah, touching on the that. Snacking thing? Okay, the so snacking my thing. First suggestion here is not everyone's favorite, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Um, and it is what I would suggest it because so now, okay, back this up even further because we're now home. Obviously, the pantry and our kitchen are much more at our disposal than they ever have been, right? Like, if you used to leave the house for eight hours a day, ten hours a day, whatever it was, to go to the office, like, you probably didn't have a pantry or a fridge under your desk. If you did, that's very impressive, and (laughs) tell me why you have that. Um, But you probably just couldn't turn around and, like, walk into the kitchen every half an hour, 45 minutes, or two hours, or whatever, right? You were just bound by what you had packed for your lunch that day or what was available 
around your office and how many times you would leave the office to go get snacks, right? Yeah. One out every 15 minutes. Um, so because you're home for a lot of people, because your home is now your office for a lot of people, now more than ever, I think it's important to pay attention to what we're actually bringing into our home, right? Mm. What and how much. So mm. one of the things that I say, just kind of like take a analysis of is how many convenience foods or convenience snacks you have hanging around. So to give you examples, it might be, you know, uh, uh, and not to vilify these foods, I'm just using them as examples, like granola bars, nuts, um, crackers, like things that they were really handy to put in a kid's lunch or put in your lunch, or you could like literally grab and go with them when you yeah. were really busy. Yeah. Now, arguably, you don't really have anywhere to grab and go where you're not, like, particularly as busy as you were. So if your pantry is typically packed with a lot of grab-and-go snacks, consider buying less of them or buying half the amount or, you know, picking the ones that are, like, really you tend to, like, overdo it on. You're like, that's probably not ideal. Like, maybe just, like, buy something else for a little while. What I – and I say this from personal experience is I – love snacks who doesn't love snacks but it took a while and like a lot of like practice if you will to figure out what worked for me for me to have around Mm -hmm. and what was just like yeah that's not a good idea like um you know if every time I'm getting up to make a coffee or getting a glass of water I'm having you know a few crackers or a handful of nuts and these are silly examples but just go with me here you know over the course of the day that's gonna add up over time so for me now I still have things that I have as snacks and I still eat snacks don't get me wrong but I try and only bring things into the house that maybe aren't as enticing for one but also maybe they take a bit more preparation if I want to have a snack so if I want to have carrots and hummus I have to like cut and peel the carrot or yeah I don't have to but that's an example or if I'm gonna have a snack I'll just like have an apple right it's not as like woo as these like chocolate chip cookies that I have in the pantry so I think it's just important to take an analysis of what you're actually bringing into the home and this is again different for everyone but you know if there's things that you're you're going through in two days that used to go in through through in seven days it's like you might want to just take a hard look at that i really love that as i too love to snack since i started my detox however i feel like my blood sugar is a lot more balanced and things in my body are a lot more balanced and i do have a relative like i said a very healthy relationship to food and my routine so however you said it that carrot i i started buying bags of carrots instead of the mini carrots like actual yeah. long stem normal yeah old like, school no, actual carrots. like actual <laughs> carrots <laughs> like who buys carrots i yeah, peel them the i eat them the crunch factor is amazing i also cut my apples up i don't eat it yeah. like an apple i slice them up into like almost chip sized things like and it. and eat it like that it's like oh my god i take one apple and i turn it into like i don't know 15 pieces or more and it is so delicious and refreshing and i'll even have two apples heck i love to live dangerous what is wrong with two apples slicing them and then i I put them on a plate and i sprinkle some cinnamon on them oh yeah or like i I made the comment about like peel and chop my carrots i'm gonna be honest sometimes i just eat them because like real carrots yeah (laughs) different from baby carrots like actual carrots taste so good they do 
they're so crunchy and sweet and I know that people are like some people are like hey sweet but what I would say is if you're really used to and we're like talking about apples and carrots and you're like oh god girl shut up but if you're really used to eating like really sugary snacks and we're like have apples and carrots keep in mind that everything there's a transition to everything right so if you're used to eating really sugary things eating an apple is not going to take sweet taste sweet there's going to be a transition of your palate but once you kind of get yeah. your taste buds quote-unquote calm down apples and carrots are sweet and delicious and crunchy and highly enjoyable oh baby are they ever okay i have one i'm just gonna say it because we're on the subject of little snack hacks um every now and then i do get a sweet tooth i have completely eliminated sugar from my diet in the year in since 2019 and um I started to, however, I'm eating all natural sugars, anything from fruits and vegetables. I've been taking dates, um, deep pitted dates, and I'm cramming like two or three pecans in them and putting them in my mouth. Oh my God. I'm way too excited. (laughs) I know. Your face lit up. I'm looking at your face and you're like, oh my God, I do that too. Something about the combination of like a medjool date that's like literally tastes like caramel and then you put a pecan in it. It's so good. They're like mini pecan pies. I love yogurt with berries Mm. and some maple syrup. Like there's like healthy snacks don't need to be boring. Like there's lots of things that you can buy or do that it's like still tastes good. My point earlier was just like if everything that you're snacking on is something that you can get into your mouth within like three seconds from yeah. like box or bag to mouth that's what I want you to reevaluate absolutely and just paying attention to that like keep eating it if you need to eat it like but yeah, again. start to bring some awareness to what you're putting in your mouth and things might start to shift it's <laughs> sorry I did not chuckle keep going I love it. Which also kind of brings up uh, some of the other questions that I was seeing on um, Instagram is those staples to stock up on. We kind of just uh, covered a few of those, but the importance of a grocery list right now. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm not going to the grocery store as often as I used to be. Uh, In fact, I went for the first time a couple days ago in three weeks. I'm on week four of my stay home um, isolation. I'm literally, I made a very complicated grocery list. Now, I know that people probably don't need to do that, but that's the reality here. So any suggestions? Um, yeah, I think like foundationally it kind of goes back to, you know, try and stock up on as much real food as you as you possibly can. I think there's two, like a couple points that kind of jump out. Um, in my mind is also like tied to budget a little bit I think you know this is kind of a segue tangent but you know often people are like oh my god healthy eating is so expensive which it can be you know if you're getting dates from Morocco and goji berries and you know eight dollar smoothies and seven dollar almond milk lattes like totally get that but a lot of like real food staples are highly present in grocery stores and highly inexpensive so like bags of rice bags of potatoes like root vegetables you know dried beans and lentils and like this kind of ties into like maybe you don't know how to work with all of them but like the one like things like that that you know how to work with like it's going to be really cheap and they can stretch into a lot of servings and they're very versatile ingredients right and another thing that just to note on is 
um, you know, also in terms of budget and like long lasting is there's a big gravitation towards people just when it comes to healthy eating, like feeling like they need to always buy everything quote unquote fresh, mm-hmm. like fresh produce. Yeah. Let's talk there about is that. nothing wrong whatsoever with frozen stuff, right? Okay. Like I think that is highly underrated and a lot of, in a lot of cases is less expensive and can also stretch really, really far. And, um, a lot of, a lot of times those, uh, vegetables or fruits or vegetables specifically, I guess, that are frozen or, you know, they're, they're picked at the peak of their freshness and packed at the peak of their freshness, you know, like that fresh broccoli that came from Mexico, like it took a while to get here kind of thing. So buying the frozen stuff that was picked and packed and frozen immediately and then shipped to the grocery store arguably is just as nutrient dense, if not more than the fresh stuff and is in a lot, a lot of, a lot of cases, a lot less expensive. So whether it's, you know, bags of stir fry vegetables or bags of peas and carrots or whatever it is, like, don't be shy to, you know, when you're in the freezer section looking for your frozen pizza if you're looking for that like turn the corner and grab some frozen veggies when you're at it because they can uh, they can go a long way yeah and also they're quick like most so, of th- so quick yeah it, a lot of times they're already like half cooked too right so yeah you're basically just like thawing them in the pan or whatever you're doing yeah and they're already and then, cut up uh, <laughs> like reheating them so they take like no time no time whatsoever really really convenient really handy i like that root vegetable um thing that you said because root vegetables are quite cheap and they do stretch i mean i in my grocery list i have like cabbage i've been using i've been cooking yeah, with oh cabbage gosh. it costs so good nothing it cabbages can, like those yes yeah and it can cabbage sit on your really underrated and last a long yes. time i had so a cabbage like, i mean i said potatoes but we're both getting too excited right now yeah like squash too yeah. like yeah. those mm. types of things that have a hard exterior like if you're just trying to buy uh, you know leafy greens and bell peppers and asparagus like that's got like maybe a fridge life of like three to four days five days maybe seven on if you got it really fresh right so those things that last longer if you're trying to avoid going to the grocery store they're mm-hmm. really versatile like you can use things like beans lentils root vegetables potatoes like yeah. at breakfast lunch or dinner like you can find different ways like if you're like trying to experiment with recipes or different ways of cooking like you were mentioning like yeah. those are great foods to do with yeah really versatile yeah exactly so right now I'm fresh off of grocery so I'm eating a lot of like fresh greens and those types of things and I know in a couple weeks from now I'll be tapping into that cabbage that's been sitting on my counter for three weeks and is still good to go or the spaghetti squash or whatever my potatoes and uh, a good like a good point just to highlight there is you know when you are going to the grocery store and you buy your spinach and your leafy greens and whatever you're obviously going to eat that first because it's not going to last as long as the other stuff but just because you don't have those things in a meal doesn't mean that your meal is unhealthy Mm. there's such like a heightened Mm -hmm. you know those types of foods are put on a pedestal But, you know, the root vegetables I'm talking about, for example, are arguably just as nutrient dense, if not more, right? Like not everything has to have a leafy green in it in order for it to be considered healthy. Like, yeah, I encourage you to eat vegetables, but they can be frozen vegetables. They can be root vegetables. They can be zucchini. Like it doesn't have to be like spinach and kale all the time. Yeah. I love that. It's so true. And it's equally as delicious. We're we're really like... um, uh, I really love how we're putting some of those uh, grandma veggies on the pedestal here because they're really coming through for us right now. 
<laughs> you know, like the stuff your grandma used to make, and you're like, Ugh, do I have to eat it's, this? It's kind of with what's going on. It's it's um when it comes to food and our food system, there's like a friendly reminder in this whole like we're looking for silver linings, like we were talking yeah. about earlier, is like the importance of being able to cook for yourself is like so undervalued. Yes. So like that that's really cool, but also just how important our local food system is. Mm-hmm. You know if borders are closing and we're not getting foods from different countries and areas around the world, right? Like it kind of reminds you of what is grown locally and what is seasonal and what is fresh, because that is arguably the healthiest diet for you and where you and I currently live. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not avocados. It's fruit (laughs) carrots and fruit vegetables and, you know, like asparagus will be popping up soon kind of thing. So it's just like a reminder too of like, oh yeah, like local food and the locality of what we eat is also really important for our health. Okay. The last sort of subject that I think is really important for us to talk about um, in our respective expertise here is um, that lifestyle creating routine and the... And the subject of discipline, willpower, eating when we're bored, eating when we're stressed, we kind of talked about it, but that sort of um, idea of shaming yourself and feeling like a failure because you don't have the willpower. Yeah. Let's, Let's get into that. Uh, You're up. Oh my gosh, I don't know where to start. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's kind of... Well, we talked about this before it's the show. A, it's a big nugget. Yes. It's a massive nugget. And yeah. everybody's different and we all have a different... And there's a lot of layers to it, right? However, yeah. like this this concept of eating when you're bored for me, I'll start. Yeah. How's that? I'll start because yeah. the concept of eating when you're bored is... I I struggle with it. Like I have this, I have two different sort of contradicting opinions about that because yes, I've been bored. Yes, I've eaten when I'm bored. But, but that is like such, um, that's not the root of the problem. That's not, boredom is not the cause here. Boredom is a, is a choice in a a lot of ways. It's a symptom. Yeah. It's a symptom. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't believe when you're bored, I believe that that falls under that victim mentality that we don't have any control over our lives in that moment. So I find it to be a fear-based response. I don't think boredom is a thing. It's a, it's a state of mind. Yeah. It's, it's like almost difficult to um, verbalize, right? Like Mm -hmm. these words are sensitive and whatever, all this stuff, but I, I'm totally with you and I, I know what you're saying as I and I agree with you. It's if you and I'm saying you as whoever, not you. Um, <laughs> you know, if you're someone who's uh, you typically eat when you're quote unquote bored or you eat as a stress response or you eat, you know, when you're sad and you know, on some level everyone does this stuff, but yeah, if for you those things are like a really big, like really present in your life, you know, the argument could be made that like in a global pandemic, which is very stressful, like you're going to be in fifth gear, right? Like that's going to be, that response is going to be revved up to a hundred. Yeah. Um, but I also agree with you. It kind of goes back to the beginning is like, yeah, that's, that's, it's going to be really hard because it's revved up to a hundred, but it doesn't mean it's impossible to work on. Right. Like 
it would have been easier to work on arguably before the global pandemic that we're living in, but it still doesn't mean that right now it's impossible to work on. So, you know, we're looking at a spectrum as like one end of the spectrum is like someone's eating is like completely buttoned down and on point and like quote unquote perfect or healthy or whatever the hell that would actually mean because not realistic. And the other end of the spectrum is like, I don't care. Yeah. You know, A, you want to avoid living at either end of the spectrum, but you know, working on that, stress response is trying to teach yourself how to live in the middle which is that weird awkward uncomfortable gray area yeah and yes like I said it's going to be more difficult now but it doesn't mean it's impossible and I think you know it's important for people to remember that like you know going, going full sugar like you are in control of your own choices and you can push yourself and not put pressure on yourself at the same time like you can do both things you can work on something without having it be perfect but still make progress but Mm -hmm. and also not not work not not work on it at all so for me it kind of comes back to focusing on the things that you can control and the things that play into that stress response or that boredom experience or whatever it is so for me the things that I think of in like my life and my personal experience is you know my environment as in um you know what's around me how am I setting up my kitchen what am I bringing into my house my schedule and my routine like how am I organizing my day um all of those different things my my routine also on a weekly basis and on a daily basis and then also getting into like how am I incorporating my movement and my sleep and my um you know getting outside like all of those things that actually affect that boredom experience and just yeah. trying to shift the narrative and being like okay I'm not great at this and that's actually okay but instead of just saying like I'm not great at this and I'm just gonna let myself not be great at this because you know if you're doing that and you know that it's giving a negative response like that's you want to or it's a negative um a negative effect, I guess is what I'm trying to say, whatever, yeah. um, is you kind of just want to shift, try to shift a little bit and be like, okay, what can I work on that will benefit this? And like, what am I in control of? And also like when I was talking about earlier, like yeah. you want to try and move the biggest rocks, like move the big rocks, not the little rocks. Also take an analysis of what all of those big rocks are for you. Like what are the things that you're not really working on or doing great right now and pick the one that is going to be the easiest. Do not pick the thing that's going to be the hardest. Like pick the thing that is going to be the easiest first. So to give you a practical example, if right now your breakfast, lunch and dinner are a hot mess and you're just like you've said, fuck it. And you're not trying whatsoever. Pick one of your meals. You don't need to pick all three meals for the next seven days right like just say that's great I'm gonna focus on breakfast for the next week cool worked on that feeling better got a bit more routine okay cool the next thing I'm gonna work on is making sure that I get some sunlight every day okay that's easy for me done right like pick things that are gonna be easy wins for you so you can get some small victories and like feel like you're making progress so you can like pat yourself on the back like don't pick a don't pick everything at the same time and also don't pick the hardest thing like that's just gonna be discouraging and it's gonna make you say fuck it again because yeah. like, I can't do it right and go back to that victim victim mindset if you will and some 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 people can work on just communicating a little bit different with the people that they're living with. That could be um, a, a, a big shift, pushing the rock, just asking for help, help yeah. me in the kitchen, unload the dishwasher, totally. like 
actually having conversations that we're avoiding because we're afraid we might cause someone else stress. It's like, you know what? We're all in this together and we need to start communicating and showing up for ourselves. And I love that lifestyle piece as the foundation to the way we eat because you know what? Like shit, if you can't talk, if you can't talk to your partner or your family about making good choices, how are you supposed to be the example? I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's very interesting. Even, even, even before that is, you know, everyone is at a different, um, like place in their journey with this like health thing. Right. But even sometimes for some people, the self-awareness, like I can speak from personal experience is like Mm -hmm. a really hard piece of the puzzle. And it's so like we've talked about, you and I've talked about before, but like it's, I know it seems so cheesy to some people. They're like, I don't do it. But like literally keeping a log or Mm -hmm. a journal or a diary or like whatever the heck it is that you want to is just something that you can do for yourself before you even get to the stage of like working on your breakfast or talking to your family members, right? Like you need to have a, there needs to be a little bit of like reflection and self-awareness. It might be as simple as like writing down, I'm going to talk about it from a food aspect, but like writing down what you ate and how you felt that day. And then maybe you do that for a few days and you start to see some patterns and like, oh yeah, I always eat it this time because I don't do this. And then I always eat it that, you know what I mean? Like you'll start to actually just to start to recognize is also a huge and very important part of the entire process it doesn't always need to be massive action at the beginning that's like music to my ears to be honest I mean my good friend and you know him as well Dr. Kelly Dell he wrote a book it's called feel like it it's one of my uh favorite books when it comes to your fitness and he talks about he really breaks down the different relationship styles to fitness um yeah And if you take it and you compare it to like a person in a relationship, you have the people that are single, the people that are dating, the people that are married, cheating, uh, divorced, um, all the different relationship statuses out there. There's millions of them. We have those similar relationships. I like to look at it with with my relationship to food um, because there are those same cheats. There are those same, you know, dating, trying things out, being single and stuck in your ways, uh, being in a relationship and working with somebody else. Like our having the awareness of where you're at with your relationship to food can really help you with that. Now, with that willpower and that discipline, I mean, the discipline mentality, and you and I have talked about this before, is like very military style. I have that. It was ingrained in me very young um, by my dad, I guess. And uh, one of the reasons I went into high performance sport was my discipline and willpower to stay on task and focused on something. It was something that I strived and it was a skill that I developed over time. It did not happen. I did, I, I did not, I was not immediately disciplined at birth. I'll tell you that I, yes, it was a little bit in my nature, but I cultivated it over many, many, many years of practice. And there are not, Every, not everyone in the world has that disciplined, militant mentality. It's a very small percentage of people. However, that's sort of like the framework and the structure that everyone seems to compare themselves to. So if you are not 100% disciplined, that means you're a failure. Can you speak mm-hmm. to that? Uh, 
my my person like my personal discipline willpower whatever you want to call it is was also ingrained in me through sports so it comes naturally to me yes so like i that that you can resonate with that that yeah what you said like i think is so important for people to remember is that it is a skill yes it's not like you have willpower or you don't or you're disciplined or you're not arguably everyone is disciplined in something that they do. Like if you're great at knitting, you're probably really disciplined at it and you knit all the time and you do whatever, but you might not be disciplined in your fitness routine, right? Like there's areas that I'm disciplined in and I'm probably more disciplined in them because I really like them. Yes. But if you don't quote unquote, like working out, you might not be as disciplined in it. But I, at the same time, it's important to remember like it's something that you can practice because it's a skill and it can be learned or and and improved upon right which is i think when you hear the word willpower or not which i hate that word to begin with but um the re- the reason I hate it is because I think that it's pre- it's presented like you either have it or you're not. So like, well, woe is me. I don't have it. It's like, no, the, no, it's something that you can work on, right? Yes. Because you probably are disciplined or have willpower in another area of your life. Yes. So people consider having missteps or snacking uh, as a failure. In fact, I was talking to a, a, a woman on Instagram mentioned, that was one of her questions. How do I not consider a misstep a failure? But then I was talking to a friend who, um, ate pizza last night and woke up very, very um, regretful uh, to this yeah. and felt very sluggish and slow. So, <laughs> I guess my segue. My, yeah. Um, my my like thought thought process on this personally and also w- with clients is you have to think about like your healthy eating plan and like all these things have like air quotes around them right but like you have to think of this like healthy eating or this like healthy lifestyle or like finding balance all of that stuff is built right into it so you can't have a balanced diet or a balanced lifestyle without Mm -hmm. some indulgence that's the word i'm going to use right like if you were only eating a hundred percent quote-unquote healthy food all the time that's not balanced right like Mm -hmm. there has to be another portion of it where you're drinking wine having pizza eating cake doing whatever it is that you do Mm -hmm. if you go into the idea of like i want to eat better or eat well fully knowing in your head or fully agreeing that like there is going to be some indulgence when it happens you can tell yourself that was part of the plan right like it's not zero or a hundred i use the you know the 80 20 rule kind of thing like if you're eating well 80 percent of the time you're cooking your meals you're doing your thing you're using your frozen veggies you're eating your root vegetables and you're going for your walks or whatever it is that you do Mm -hmm. it's like the other 20 percent of the time does not matter Mm-hmm. Like whatever it is that you want to do, however it is that you want to treat yourself or indulge or have some fun or celebrate. It's like that is built into the program and you need to remind yourself that it's actually built into the program mm-hmm. so that when it does happen, it's like there's no guilt or shame around it. It's like, no, that was actually your goal. Your goal was actually to eat junk food two times this week. And I'm making up arbitrary numbers here, but like that yeah. was actually part of the program. So when it happens, it's okay. And yes. I think that like you have to start with that at the beginning, like make that part of your plan so that when it actually does happen, you're like, not a big deal. Like it was, it was fully like, this was intentional. This is what I was trying to do. Yeah. Building it into that foundational piece of your lifestyle is like, life. yeah, part of that pyramid. It's in that pyramid. <laughs> no, I, I think that's super valid because we oftentimes shame ourselves like the food shaming out there the body shaming the 
I mean, I sometimes get myself into this weird loophole because I'm so in this crazy detox, sort of very regimented uh, way of eating. I'm kind of an all or nothing person myself in a lot of ways. Um, My indulgence look a lot different right now than they used to, but it's definitely built in. Like those friggin' mini pecan pies I'm making with the dates. Holy (laughs) shit. I can... I wouldn't even say that's an indulgence. (laughs) That's all real food. I know, it's real food. You're like, I'm eating all of them. That's that's a thing. I'm having 15 or 20. I'm going hamburger on those. Like, I love it. (laughs) Hamburger. I am eating those things like they're going out of style, and I love it. And, like, that is... That is currently my piece of balance. It's like, I'm overeating if I want. I will take seconds. Those are my indulgence. You know, it, it yeah, looks a little bit different it, for me yeah, right now. It's all, conte- it's all contextual, right? Mm-hmm. Like, everything is, like, in order to find balance, there has to be two sides to it. So it's all contextual. So if someone says, like, well, how many desserts should I be eating a week? It's like... Well, I don't know. What else did you eat the entire week? Right? These are bad examples, but just roll with me here, right? Like, you know, how many snacks are too many? Or like, yeah, how many times should I order out? It's like, well, what is everything? Like, look at the whole picture. Like, no one individual meal or day is going to undo the entire thing, right? Like, one salad isn't going to make you healthy the same way one ice cream cone isn't going to make you unhealthy. It's like, Mm -hmm. did you have one salad and 100 ice cream cones? Might want to evaluate that, right? Like, did you have 100 salads and no ice cream cones? Might want to evaluate that too, right? Like, everything is contextual and dependent on the individual and what their personal goals are. But regardless of what all of those things are, if you just remember, like, indulgence is the word that I like to use. It's built into the plan yeah. And how much or how little is going to depend on you and where you're at with your in your journey and where what your personal goals are like that's going to look different from one person to the next but just remember it's in like it's part of the plan it's in there somewhere absolutely and if you're one of those people that are trying on your jeans that you haven't worn for the last three weeks and they're not quite fitting like they used to you got to have some compassion there and mm-hmm. and love yourself and and give yourself a bit of a break here because yeah. you know what that's also okay <laughs> yeah and I you know this is my this might open up another can of worms but okay. I think that often you know when we're talking about things like this and you're seeing the like you know COVID-19 or I'm going to gain the quarantine 15 in this process or whatever like what I'm talking about right now isn't I'm not talking about this in the context of weight loss yes I'm talking about all this stuff like eat healthy sleep well you know like all these things I'm talking about I'm talking about them in the context of like are you supporting your health physical mental emotional your stress response like I'm talking about it in all of that yes it's not like a avoid treats because you don't want to gain like quarantine 15 like yep. chill out like if you come out of this two pounds heavier it's like okay yeah <laughs> what does that actually do and if you kind of let the you know health and healthy weight and healthy eating are so tightly intertwined and it's so frustrating but for, 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 I find it frustrating because when I'm talking about it, everyone always just assumes that when I'm making comments, it's always in relation to like weight or weight loss. And it's like, it's not. If you just focus on healthy eating and all yeah. of the things that we've been talking about, yeah. that other weight piece of the puzzle arguably will take care of itself, right? Like, yep. 
it's 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 a it's a positive side effect of eating healthy it's not the reason that you choose to it's not the only reason that you choose to eat healthy i almost want to end it on that the show on that because that is such that is the message that is the message the healthy being healthy oh my god yeah any final thoughts this was so fun this was fun (laughs) I loved it. I miss your face. Uh, I, I'm good. I'm good. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I so I mean, who, who knows when we'll see each other in human, but this is, this is really lovely. Really lovely. Okay. So I'm going to, I want you to sort of plug in here. What, what you got coming up, if there's anything, how people can reach you. Um, do you have a new Reds reset on the works or when? Oh, yeah. Let's sure. talk about that. Um, yeah. If you're new to me and you don't know anything about me, um, you can find everything that you need on my website, which is knutrition.com. So K-A-Y nutrition.com. I have got over 300 recipes, tons of blog posts and articles. I've also got a lot of free downloads. So I've got a free seven-day meal plan, free guides, all of that good stuff. Um, and uh, you can also find me on Instagram, which is at Stephanie. K Nutrition, and uh, you can find all sorts of goodies there. Lots of freebies. Sign up for my newsletter, and I do run a four-week program called called Reds Reset. And again, it's honestly like a lot about what we just talked about. It's just about like how to learn to eat well for life. Yes, <laughs> yes, like just for life. Just yes, like, just for life. Um, <laughs> and that's starting up in May, so kind of another three weeks or so. But again, you can find all that info on my website. Awesome. Well. I will be in touch with you and I'll make sure all of those uh, links are in the show notes. Thank you, Miss Stephanie Kay, for coming on the show. Once again, that was amazing. I think we uh, I think we really nailed it. Amazing. It was good. <laughs> we do say so ourselves. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. I don't know about you guys, but I always get so inspired after having a talk with Steph K. Wow, what a great episode. Don't forget to check her website out at www.knutrition.com or follow her on Instagram at Stephanie K Nutrition. All of these links will be in the show notes. If you haven't done so yet, please go to Apple Podcasts or Google Play and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Follow the show on Spotify and share on your social media. Thank you all so much for listening. Have the best day, everyone. Until next time.